Welcome to the tribe. We're in uh, beautiful Hawaii and we are having some unbelievable technical challenges, but hey, that's what this show is all about, overcoming challenges and overcoming obstacles. Now, we told you we were going to stack our draft board. We continue to go through that. This is our third week of looking at the draft. Uh, we're going to bring in our, our draft guru, Spencer Zimmerman here. As, and we're going to talk the inside guys, the interior offensive line positions. And we're talking about the nasty guys inside that put their hand on the ground or hold the ball in their hand and are really, really the key. Yeah, again, tackles get all the money, tackles get all the fame, but it's those core guys inside that are really outstanding players. And Spence, you found five of them for us. Tell us what you got. Great. Let's start at number one. Got uh, Elijah Vera Tucker out of uh, USC. So Elijah is uh, 6032315. Uh, he's a two year starter who actually initially started at a left guard in 2019 for uh, the actual left tackle at that position was uh, the uh, Dolphins first round pick, Austin Jackson. Ended up uh, winning uh, most outstanding uh, lineman for USC and actually slid over uh, to play left tackle in this 2020 season. And what, you, what I really like about his skill set is just the decisive feet he has. Quick, light, reactive. Really does a good job of playing within his frame, playing balanced. I mean, 6032, those aren't really tackle measurables. And, and he just shows up by being so firm, so aggressive and quick with his hands to stay attached. And the feet, the feet really carry you in offensive line play. And his feet are really top end. So what sealed it for me and I think why we're going to hear him, you know, get called on day one of the draft is just the competition he faced playing at left tackle. I mean, he went up against, you know, a guy that we're going to hear in the next year or two, Kayvon Thibodeau out of University of Oregon and really handled him really, really well, you know, showcase just a guy that's 6'3 and playing the way he can play out in space at left tackle. So this isn't a projection. I think he goes back to his normal kind of home and plays left guard and plugs in really early, you know, becomes that kind of steady first rounder that you want. Spence, do you see this guy? And I know that when you're talking about USC offensive linemen, you're talking about, I mean, guy after guy after guy coming out of there since before Anthony Munoz and Tony Baselli. And I'm talking about tons and tons of great players come out of that place as offensive linemen. This kid started a number. I mean, he, it's not like a small sample size. You're looking at a guy here that's been there and done it for a number of years at SC. Does the amount of games he's played concern you at all? No, it doesn't concern me. Um, you know, I think what, and, and I try not to get too big on awards and, and especially in the scouting community, you're not going to hear much about all Americans or award winners, but you know, what, what's a telling sign is, uh, you know, a prospect like uh, Austin Jackson, who was a first round pick last year, this guy as a left guard, you know, won the most outstanding lineman for USC. So that says something about how the program valued him and just his ability to, you know, go as a guy that's not playing, in the prototypical measurables for his NFL stock and walk out and play left tackle for his team without skipping a beat. So I'm really excited about this guy. I think a lot of teams are going to be, and I think the big question you're going to hear on draft day is some teams are going to be asking, why can't this guy play left tackle? You know? So I really like him. You got a first round grade on him. Yeah, I do. I do. I think he'll be, I think he'll be behind Panay. He'll be probably him and Rashawn will be one of the next guys off the board. All right, who you got at number two? Yeah, number two is a guy that, you know, there hasn't been a lot of, you know, talk amongst the, uh, you know, media, I guess, or the, the internet scouting community, um, which is so prominent right now, is a guy that, you know, I, I just kept going through the tape after tape, and um, I wrote my notes, like, he's a guy I want on my team, and it's, uh, you know, a guy named Josh Myers 
out of Ohio State. He's a center out of Ohio State. He's 6042, 312. He's got really good measurables for the center position. Um, he is also a redshirt junior, you know, that declared after being a two-year starter. And the thing that jumps out for me, especially being maybe I'm biased, being a former uh, center and offensive lineman myself, is just the way he plays the position, the awareness, the communication, the calls. He truly is, and you can see it so vividly on tape, that second quarterback out there, the way he gets lined up and, you know, really saw some tough, complex blitzes playing some top-end defenses um, in the Big Ten and obviously, you know, in Alabama in that uh, championship game. And, I mean, he can do it all. He can handle D linemen one-on-one, which is really important. What takes a good center to a great center is their ability to play solo and block those one-on-one guys. Can he handle power? Yeah, he can handle power. Can he handle a more athletic rusher that's going to press his edge? Yes, he has the foot speed. And in the run game, it's the same stuff. You're seeing him reach and seal and climb to the second level. This is a guy that can reach a three-tech, which is really rare and still get vertical. And this guy's got all the tools. I think he's going to play, and I think he's going to play really early. And I'm, I was excited about watching him as well. When you watched him, right, because I, I saw a lot of the same things, particularly when he was playing against Big Ten competition. What I wanted to see was him against Barmore, you know, from Alabama, who's, you know, going to be a real high pick too. And I was just a little concerned that late in the game, I thought Barmore kind of got on his edge a little bit. And, and uh, I don't know if it was because he was worn out or what. I mean, that's a load you're talking about. But, again, any concerns there, Spence? You know what? I agree. I think the Alabama wasn't his – top game where I thought uh, there was Barmore and the other D tackle did press him a little bit and got him lifted on his outside foot and got a little bit of pressure but you know you you really got to kind of take the volume of tape and the volume of tape I saw was just ultra consistent so good yeah Yeah. so good that I just I wasn't concerned but uh Christian Barmore's a load I mean he's a guy we're gonna be talking about too and 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 that's something that he's gonna have to handle and for him to be able to compete, you know, while snapping the ball, while making the calls and be able to block a guy like that solo, that's pretty impressive, you know, at the center position. So I, I'm really excited about him. When you look at this kid now, you say, OK, let's take, say, for example, the Falcons who are Alex Max at the end of his career. Hennessy's not really, you know, they drafted Hennessy to be the guy. He really hasn't taken that step yet. Can this guy be a first, second round kind of guy for somebody that's looking for a center. Yeah, I, I, I actually see that, you know, it's hard for him. He's, he's just someone that maybe hasn't been talked about much in the community, but I think especially when you get the whole building watching the tape and, and you get him on the board and just, you know, what he does in real time mentally, you know, using his, his awareness and the athletic ability and the strength. I mean, you saw the Cowboys do it with Travis Frederick, who kind of, you know, went out of nowhere and got picked in the first round and like, to me, he has that type of ability where there's just not a lot of holes to his game and there's not a lot of schemes he doesn't fit into. He can really do it all at that position. Now, as an ex-center, I know you love those guys in the middle and I, you got a couple more we're going to talk about here, don't you? I do. Give me your third guy. So number three is, uh, you know, he's, he's another uh, fun guy really to watch on tape and, and I'm sure a lot of, you know, Alabama fans heard about him is uh, Landon Dickerson. So Landon's yeah. actually... Uh, He's a senior. Um, he's a grad transfer senior. So he started his career at Florida State, played a couple of years, had some, you know, battled some injuries, got a medical redshirt year and ended up uh, grad transferring and finishing at Alabama. And uh, he was recruited as a tackle coming out of high school, ended up settling in at guard at Florida State and actually in 2019 was slotted to uh, play guard and did for the first four games at Alabama. They ended up having an injury at center. He slides over, never having snapped before. 
and never looks back and becomes a Remington Trophy winner this year in 2020, a unanimous All-American. I mean, you would think he'd played center his whole life. And the interesting thing about Landon is just the size for the position. This is a guy that's 6056, almost 6'6", 326 pounds, broad, thick, powerful guy. And the thing that jumps up on tape, you know, it's really easy to watch is just the play demeanor. He is aggressive and nasty and he defines kind of nasty whether you're in the run game I mean he works to finish he's got great for a guy that doesn't have tremendous athletic gifts maybe with the lateral mobility that you'd see of Josh Myers or or Elijah the way he can time up and uncoil on linebackers and decleat them or uh, listen there's a lot of guys that learn probably the hard way in the twist game and as delayed blitzes where you know he put them on on his rear end because he has that type of power and he has that desire to finish. So I really like Landon. I think he might be more, if you're, if you're looking at the scheme fit, more of a you know true power run team just because of the size. And again, the one issue with him is he doesn't have the same type of lateral mobility, that reactive change of direction that you want, you know, which can get him into trouble against you know some more nimble two-way go pass rushers. But uh, I mean, this is a guy that, and, and I'm going to finish with this. I mean, this is somebody that he had a season ending injury in the sec championship game. Okay. December 19th. And then he goes in in January when, when he's done with his knee and asks his head coach, Nick Saban to dress, he dresses in the national championship game. And when Alabama, when they're at the end of the game, Neil, he asks his coach to go out on the field to snap the ball in victory. This is a guy who has an NFL draft grade, who was a Remington trophy winner. He has nothing to prove. All he has is risks associated with it, but that's how much he loves the game. That's how much it meant to him. And I want someone like that on a team I work for. You know, I think that's what a lot of teams are going to talk about is forget the, you know, the athletic deficiencies. Talk about the love of the game for no money, for millions. Like nothing is going to change when you have a guy that's willing to sacrifice that with the nasty demeanor, with a good, really good football player who has some guard flex in this league. So I like Landon, you know, I think he's going to be a guy that maybe could sneak into the top 50, top 60, that day, day one, day two type player. And I love to hear about guys that want to play the game. I mean, you talk about coming off of a bad injury and then just, just to be able to stand on the sidelines with your teammates and then find, eventually go out and snap the, snap the kneel down shot at the end. And credit to Saban and those guys. You, you mentioned the Remington Award, just so our, a lot of our listeners may not know what that is. Dave Remington was a great center at Nebraska, went on to play for the Cincinnati Bengals, was really, really quick great balance, tough, all the things that the great centers are today. Dave Remington was in the 80s, and that is the award that's given every year for the top center in the United States. Spence, give me number four. Yeah, number four is a, uh, you know, he's another player that, uh, you know, there is some kind of buzz around him. He's another uh, redshirt junior that declared uh, Wyatt Davis out of Ohio State. So Wyatt's a really compact, thick, kind of broad-built guy. He's not doesn't have really the height that you covered at that position. He's about 26, so we're talking a little under 6'3", about 315 pounds. But, again, a real thick, powerful guy and, and, and a player that I kind of tabbed as an ascending player. You know, when we talked about Myers, we talked about the Alabama game, and maybe it wasn't his best tape. I really felt Wyatt grew as the season went on and had his best game, you know, against Bar- uh, Barrymore in that Alabama front, which was really, really high end, the best in college football this year. And uh, again, the, the thing that sticks out to me about Wyatt is just the natural anchor and power. You know, there's some guys that are strong and weight room strong, and there's some players that have functional strength. And with Wyatt, just, he just has that natural ability to play with his cleats in the ground, to sink 
and, and stone power, which is really important at the NFL level. You're going to see some really powerful, violent rushers. You've got to be able to stall their charge quickly and early. And he does that. He's got a really good, nice, powerful punch to play with extension. And that, that, that same type of power translates into the run game. I mean, you're seeing him displace guys and move uh, defensive linemen at the point of attack. And he's really, really just showcases that strong upper body to get that punch and get that extension. I like the awareness and pass protection. And I thought Alabama did a great job showing some late twists and, and stunts. And, um, you know, he worked really well because he plays with such great extension and posture. And he has that natural power to anchor, you know, on a, on a quick blitz or uh, a delayed looper. But listen, he's got all the tools to develop into a solid starter. You know, just the, the three things I saw, some growth errors, just being able to reset his hands. He's so strong. He's willing to kind of absorb and get locked back. And I think, that stuff's easily correctable. Just the consistent base, which I thought he did a much better job trending towards the end of the season. And just he's a little bit, because he's not the longest guy, he, he can lunge, get a little overextended in the run game, you know, which he's got all the strength and, and athletic ability to be able to overcome that. But, you know, I think teams will like him, you know, and see some upside with him. The really cool thing about him is he's actually the uh, grandson of, uh, for, for Packers fans out there, Hall of Famer uh, Willie Davis. And even cooler for football movie buffs is his father is actually an actor and starred in one of the great old football, I guess not old, maybe middle-aged football movies of my time, at least, the program. For anyone that watched the program, his uh, father's was Alvin Mack in that movie, which I thought was awesome. That brought back some nostalgia for me. i tell you what, you can't get these kind of breakdowns. My man Zim coming with straight fire. He's gone and done his homework on the kids' family. That's what great scouts do, ladies and gentlemen. Where do you see him, Spence? I got that guy on my right now on my board, and I haven't been to a couple more times before we get to the draft. But I've got him around a third-round pick right now. How do you see him? Yeah, I think I think uh, I think you're right in the ballpark, Jeff. I think kind of previewing the tackles. We're, we're seeing a really good group of offensive linemen. I just think the run is going to be on the tackles because some of these tackles, when we talked about on the previous show, can easily slide inside and play at a high level. So, so I kind of see early the draft playing out where you're going to see a lot more run on these quality tackles, the developmental left tackle types, and then um, that, that guard pool might get pushed back. So I, I see why kind of in that same range as well. All right, who's your number five? Yeah, number five is another, uh, you know, Longtime three-year starter, uh, Creed Humphrey out of the University of Oklahoma. Creed 604 like So he's got good size. Um, he's got the size you want at the position. He's a lefty snapper, which is a little unique for me, but hey, he does it well, man. He does it really well. So I'm not going to nag him on being a lefty snapper. But the way I uh, kind of assess Creed is he's a, just a very consistent positional player with a grappler wrestling blocking style. And I know he was a high school wrestler, so I think some of that translate. And what do I mean by that? I mean by that really, really easily is that you're not gonna see tons of movement at the point of attack. He's not a mauler that's gonna push and kind of displace and create, but he has good enough foot speed to always be in great position. He's got strong hands to clamp on players and then has that wrestling background, that core strength to control them. And, and again, the feet are great. He's got light feet. You know, I see him slide down protection and handle wide threes or have to pop to blitzers. So I'm not worried about the foot speed. I think he climbs and tracks well on the second level because, again, he's got great feet and balance. You know, you just the, the one thing you, you wish is you just wish there was a little more movement. You know, he could move and create. 
and just how he's going to handle, you know, that NFL level power, you know, of those 320 pound plus rushers. But listen, this is a guy that, especially in, in, in some of these zone schemes that we're seeing, I think he projects in really well. I think he's a guy that, again, could play early and has some still some growth to his game, but his tape is very, very solid and consistent. You know, there's not a lot of holes in it. It's just you wish he was a little more powerful. Spence, when I watched the kid, and I watched three tapes on this kid, right? I watched three games on this kid. The thing that shocked me, and, and you know, what, what's the one thing you guarantee you're going to hear every inside run when you go to a pro football camp? What you're going to hear it, I guarantee you're going to hear it. Stay up, stay up, stay up, because they hate it when guys are all on the ground. I watched the kid for three games, Spence, and I swear to God, I don't think I saw him on the ground more than two or three times in three games. He has incredible balance to me. And you talked about the zone scheme. I agree with you 100%. That's a good football player and a tough football player. You know, you can never have enough toughness on your football team. All right. So you gave us your top five inside guys next week. I'm putting it on you, big boy, because we got to find us another Travis Kelsey. We got to find us the next great tight end. All right, so we got five tight ends for you to rank and come back, stack our board with us. All right, Spence, hey, great awesome. job. Awesome, man. I know there's going to be one, so I'm excited for next week, man. So excited to come back. Thanks for having me. All right. Me.